Hi everyone, Pamela Log here, your host of the Energy Transitions podcast. If you enjoy listening to our bi-weekly podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. This will help us spread the message and connect with our community. Thanks again for listening to the Energy Transitions podcast from Inlet and Friends. The role of nuclear power in Europe's energy mix continues to be a contentious and controversial topic. However, many would argue that nuclear power offers a cleaner energy source than fossil fuels and a cheaper energy source per kilowatt hour. Also, exciting new technology advances are causing a rethink in what nuclear power could look like in the future. The question is, Does nuclear need a rebrand? Will the industry's reputation negatively impact its future? And how can we use the lessons learned from the past to ensure we don't make the same mistakes again? To answer these questions, I'm joined by Eve Desbazea, Director General of Nuclear Europe. I am Pamela Larg, and this is the Energy Transitions Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you uh, just chatting with us today and exploring the topic of nuclear power. It's a controversial one and it's one that seems to really get debated on a regular basis. But let's talk decarbonization. Do we need nuclear power to reach our net zero targets? I'm convinced that we do need nuclear power to reach our net zero targets because uh, nuclear power uh, it provides uh, zero emission or nearly zero emission uh, energy uh, 24-7. It's a dispatchable source of energy that is is an excellent complement to renewables uh, in general because it can achieve this, I would say, most of the time, availability that the industry needs, the economy needs in general, um, and uh, it's a proven technology that we know is available and scalable. It's not always the case uh, among the other options which are currently being tabled. Some are already already available, but some are still somehow based on the future. And what we can say is that nuclear is there. It's an industry that is still in a way it's in, in its infancy. There are a lot of possibilities to uh, expand, improve it. Uh, we all, all have fusion in mind in the longer, longer term, but even some intermediate uh, advanced technologies will be made available over the years to come, addressing the question of waste treatment, uh, retreating the waste in a way, and with less, I would say, um, disadvantages, potential advantages with more passive safety, uh, many uh, different aspects, which in a way will uh, make it uh, make this solution as one of the key pillars, uh, I believe, 
to address climate change in the long run and in general uh, for our future. You say it's a proven technology and clearly there's a lot in the pipeline in terms of future developments and, and future technologies. Very exciting. Why do you think there are still so many naysayers and people that believe nuclear should not be included in the energy mix? Why is it so controversial? Uh, I believe there is there have been a lot of misunderstanding about this technology. A lot of people still have in mind a strong link between, I would say, weapons and uh, civil nuclear. So I would say this the birth of this industry uh, mainly situated in Hiroshima. It's not it's not the case uh, because uh, this technology, civil nuclear technology was born in the US in the 50s with the first nuclear uh, reactor, which is uh, a dif- totally different story than the, the, bo- the bomb uh, we uh, some could have in mind. So this is, I think this in the, in the general uh, mindset or even in conscious mindset of a lot of people, there is this association which is made. That being said, I think these people who work for this industry are in a way believers People who are convinced that this is absolutely safe. Uh, you know, we also have in mind the, some accidents that, that, that took place, but all in all, if you account for everything, uh, it is quite a safe technology. Uh, and uh, this is something also which has not will been well understood, well explained to the public. And I'm aware that we are the industry is guilty uh, in, uh, itself for for such uh, misunderstanding, because it's also an industry which is led many by the, a lot very often by engineers, and engineers think they are they know better. Uh, and I'm engineer, so I'm I'm happy to criticize engineers, but they believe they know better than others, and they don't they don't need to explain what they're doing. I think it's a f- absolutely mistake. Absolute mistake, and this is something which is today changing a bit, but it has to change much more uh, for the future. Thank you for explaining that to us. And if I can refer to to something that my colleague mentioned, uh, we were having a discussion about nuclear power, and somebody said, you know what, it's just not sexy enough. And it's an interesting thought, because... In terms of the reputation of nuclear, we know that there have been some issues, legacy issues of the past, but we really need to look at how to rebrand nuclear power. And perhaps, you know, there's talk of renaissance and maybe now is really the time to to try and rebrand nuclear power. If the European Commission has labelled it as a green technology, so surely that's step one in this rebranding process. Would you agree? Sure, surely yes, it's true, and we are coming from very far. Uh, so this is a good step into the right direction. Clearly, we are not there yet. Even if we see in many countries uh, the approach on nuclear, which changes dramatically, uh, and I think this is for for the good. I am aware of this tech sexy uh, issue. Um, but I would say that if you look, and for me, it's quite reassuring to see that the youngsters have a much more positive view on nuclear than uh, the boomers, I would say, uh, generally speaking. 
boomers like me. No, I'm a little bit younger than a boomer, but I'm in between. But um, yeah, and I think it's also uh, will come with some new technologies which will be made available in the years to come. I see more and more uh, startup companies coming with new ideas of having, you know, like uh, uh, nuclear batteries they can made, make available to uh, district heating systems or to industries. And then it comes like a big box. Uh, and this is some reactor, very micro reactors. And this is much much more fun than the big, big plants we can can see in, uh, in the landscapes uh, when you're, uh, you're traveling. This will also come with this totally new approach uh, on nuclear, People will realize that this is something that is also, in a way, seizable by by anybody because it's more human size. So I I, I believe that we are about to see very new uh, concept emerging um, that will also uh, give this new rejuvenated approach or uh, thinking about nuclear energy. You mentioned, uh, for example, micro-reactors, and there is a lot of interesting technology coming to the fore. Before we even get to fusion, which is a very exciting space, talk to me about some of those technologies that you think are very promising or very exciting. It's, it's clear that you, um, you, you can have, uh, and maybe, maybe not uh, for your own household, but you never know at some point of time, but you can have some big boxes that will, that will be able to provide energy for years and energy, not only power, but uh, it will, can be multi-purpose uh, energy uh, providing like heating industry heat. Uh, or it can be uh, hydrogen production, desalination. So it will be a sort of energy toolkits, energy hubs that can be installed uh, on industrial parks, for example, or uh, that can provide energy to remote places like uh, remote islands or uh, local communities. So this is totally new, different uh, approach, approach compared to the large big reactors with centralized system that will still exist because we, they will still be needed in the future. But these totally new devices will uh, certainly give very different uh, perspective. Do you think that digitalization and automation is impacting the nuclear sector and the development of, or should I say, how these technologies are developing and being used? Indeed, yes. Um, this, uh, the idea also uh, in the CERN perspective is to have uh, fully automated reactors, micro-reactors that can be operated from remote. And uh, this will be yeah, part of a totally new uh, game. It doesn't mean that it will, not, it will, it will address the skilled skill workforce issue because you need a lot of engineers to engineer this but you will need much less operators uh, on the ground. I think digitalization, automation will be absolutely key uh, in that perspective uh, because you will have also to ensure safety uh, from remote. So you have to be very safe. You have to be uh, cyber uh, secured. You have to, uh, so there are a lot of things, a little bit like, you know, having automated cars, you will have those, those issues of addressing the responsibility 
on safety and security uh, for everybody uh, will be also on top of agendas. But there are also a lot of new thinking coming along with uh, this uh, new approach. And I must say the thinking is still ongoing, so we cannot say we have solutions for everything. But this is also a totally new uh, way of approaching the issue that we have here compared to the large current reactors we are we do have today. The skill set that's required for this digital future. Are the boomers ready for this for this future? And how do we ensure that the, the necessary skills uh, and talents are in place so that nuclear can really move forward into this next digital era? And um, this is a big challenge. Because, uh, as you say, uh, boomers uh, will maybe not be ready to address the challenge, or maybe too late. Too, too late. We come too late. Uh, we need to attract, and this was uh, one of the, the outcome of a recent analysis we made. Over neck down to 2050, uh, in Europe, so it includes the UK and Europe in general, uh, we need to recruit 450. Thousand employees, so this is a lot. Uh, like and among those is two hundred thousand uh, engineers, and with those numbers, you can easily figure out that we need to attract significant share of all the talents which have been which will be trained every year, uh, and uh, will be graduated from university. A recent study in France showed that uh, in the next 10 years is 10% of all the engineers, graduating engineers, that will have to uh, pick up a uh, job in this uh, industry. Uh, so we'll have to be uh, as sexy as possible to get them with us. <laughs> Otherwise, they will go elsewhere. So this is also uh, one of the challenges we are facing today, clearly. Indeed. If I can pivot slightly from the challenge of skill shortage to the fact that uh, the the International Energy Agency in a recent report, and I will include a link uh, in the text below so that you can uh, so our readers can access more information. But in terms of nuclear energy, there's 413 gigawatts of nuclear capacity. And it's contributing to decarbonization by avoiding 1.5 gigatons of global emissions and 180 billion cubic meters of global gas demand a year. So clearly, the International Energy Agency sees the role of nuclear. In your opinion, will we see a dramatic uptake of nuclear power in Europe? Will it become a steadfast part of the energy mix in the future? I think the question um, for Europe is a little bit bizarre anymore because uh, there are, it's, a, it's an economy which, which uh, in the past had the most uh, highest share of nuclear power 20 years ago. Uh, the uh, share of nuclear power was representing like one third of the total power being produced. And this has reduced steadily since then, because we are now down to a figure like 25-24% of the total power. And this is due to uh, the phasing out of many reactors, particularly in Germany. And uh, for no technical reason per se, only for, uh, I would say, political reason. 
That being said, there are now an objective, and this is something probably you've heard about, is this nuclear alliance of countries in Europe, which includes, by the way, UK also, which have joined this group. And this alliance uh, has now, is now committed to target a share of 150 gigawatts of installed nuclear capacity in 2050. Uh, so this commitment they made together, um, I believe it's a credible number. Today we are roughly around 100, and um, it would be an increase by you know, by 50%, which in 30 years time is quite achievable uh, if we everybody uh, is sort of uh, mobilized uh, on this objective among those countries. And this is the perspective we have. Um, this will come with long-term operation of the existing fleet, but also advanced reactors, and also will include also large reactors. So this is Europe. Uh, I believe at the global level, the increase will be much higher because also um, many countries in remain inexistent today. But uh, if you look at the, the objective of uh, that are now uh, the one reflected in the last IEA report, is 1,500 gigawatt at, at global level that is now envisaged uh, for 2050. So it's a way, it's a tripling of the existing current uh, capacity. There is potential, very strong potential to develop nuclear uh, at the global level. Thank you for giving us more information about those targets. Eve, are there challenges or are there pitfalls that you believe might prevent us reaching these targets, perhaps the investment landscape or perhaps geopolitical issues? Well, it's obvious that uh, there are plenty um, and it's, it could be true for any target or any objective you, you could set for yourself because you always have a lot of pitfalls, as uh, you say, that are not uh, foreseen. For example, we can see today that uh, offshore wind is not maybe not as easy as it seemed to be. Uh, but it doesn't come as a surprise because we, it's industry, it's difficult, there are a lot of challenges. So same is true for nuclear. I think you're pointing uh, rightly to the question of financing. Financing will be uh, a major issue because everybody has in mind, for example, the Inclay Point C example in the UK, where uh, you see that with such huge financing costs, then you realize that you are financing a facility which becomes much more expensive than it should be. So you need to access cheap financing if you want to keep a reasonable uh, production cost. Um, so this is absolutely essential to, to keep uh, this option credible. And then there are a lot of other challenges. I think what the nuclear industry needs is stable political landscape. Uh, and this is not what we've seen in the past. We cannot afford to have, you know, back and forth on on, uh, on policies uh, with one government coming and uh, on simply starting again from scratch to another, to you know, other options. Because nuclear is an industry of, of the long term. We need your building plans for 60, even maybe 80 years. Uh, and then when you take a decision of new investment you take today, we'd have an impact in one century. And this is something that you have to bear in mind. This is so huge. This is your grand-grandchildren that will have to decommission the plant you're building today. 
So this is something which is not always very well understood, but stability is absolutely key in this industry. If safety is such an important topic in nuclear power, talk to me about some of the the efforts that the nuclear industry is going to to really enhance safety and and also the the public perception that safety is a priority. Public perception that safety is a priority um, is absolutely uh, obvious, uh, and even. I, as a citizen, would, uh, would put safety on top of priorities, for sure. Nobody wants to be unsafe for any reason. So I think safety is absolutely key. What, what I would say first is this industry, as many others, are taking lessons from what, what's happening. Uh, and uh, so each time there is accidents, for sure, because accidents are so obvious, but even incidents, uh, in nuclear plants, it's something we over uh, across the world across the world happens every day because uh, it's yeah it's you have processes you have systems you have components and uh, you have some failures. Um, I would say it's uh, obviously the objective is on daily basis to ensure that all those failures have no consequence and. 99.99999% it's a, it's a case uh, no no absolutely no consequence but any failure uh, that are happening on nuclear plants some lessons are drawn some conclusions are made saying this should be improved uh, this system should be changed because and this and that so this is absolutely a continuous process of improvement uh, safety improvement something uh, which is happening on a daily basis across across the world particularly in western europe so this in this in this aspect uh, nuclear industry for example is not different from aircraft industry uh, the same is true it's time there is one incident on on, on a plane uh, some lessons are drawn because of this system has not doesn't uh, hasn't worked properly. So I think safety is fully embedded into uh, the way this, this industry works, and this is yeah in deeply embarked uh, in uh, in the way uh, we are doing. We've been doing things for for four years. Um, so no need to tell that the accident, the three main accidents everybody had in mind. Lots of lessons were drawn and uh, still are uh, being taken from that. Uh, the, all, all the aspects, different aspects of what happened have been analyzed in details and been understood and re, uh, yeah, reassessed and conclusions have been, have been made. So this is what I can say about safety. And then what we can, for the future uh, system, for future uh, reactors, Future designs. The objective is really to go a little even beyond with more and more passive systems, uh, with reactor of that even if they totally fail uh, in, by themselves, like uh, having yeah, major accidents like this, uh, will have no impact outside because there will be a fully protected system uh, that will. Uh, ensure that no radiation, nothing will go out. So this sort of thinking uh, we have now, and then going further, fusion will be intrinsically uh, safe because uh, because of its features, and even advanced reactors will be intrinsically safe for most of, for many of them. On fusion, obviously we we reached fusion ignition 
at the end of last year, which was quite a milestone for the industry. Do you believe that we'll see fusion energy uh, making more of an impact on the market, perhaps within the next decade? For sure, fusion will will, uh, take off uh, at some point of time. Um, we are still today uh, more at research uh, stage, to be honest. So I don't I don't believe fusion would be available uh, widely into market in the next decade, and most probably not before 2050. But but we see some progress, yes. And then uh, fusion will be whenever we'll be able uh, the mankind will be able to master properly fusion. The issue of energy will be solved forever because. The energy will be infinite and safe uh, with no waste. Though, in theory, and uh, when when you figure, when you think about the potential of it, is uh, amazing. But uh, still, today uh, we are we have to live with what exists and not yet fusion. Well, some exciting thoughts there. Eve, uh, if I can ask you, what attracted you to the nuclear industry, and what keeps you engaged? In nuclear power, what what is exciting for you about working in this sector? Um, many different aspects. As I said before, uh, first of all, I'm an engineer. So, for an engineer, very nice field of many many things, uh, interesting disciplines, interesting engineering uh, schemes that are have to be considered, taken into account because it's very complex and uh, it touched on many, many things, uh, many uh, engineering aspects. Second, it's also because I like this idea of uh, of striking some uh, uphill battles, uh, if I may, uh, particularly uh, convincing people in Brussels. As you say, uh, many people do not understand well what you're talking about. So as knowing a little bit more the industry inward uh, and seeing how, how much people do not understand most many of these features makes, I would say, the work I'm doing as lobbyist uh, for the industry uh, particularly interesting. I'm trying to uh, reconciliate very different uh, and, uh, yeah, I would say so so much of a discrepancy between what I know of this industry and what people think they know about it is quite passionating. I can only imagine. And in that sense, it really calls for the rebranding of nuclear power and for people to understand that really there's a lot of promise in in what could potentially be a very sexy industry. Eve, do you have any final comments or final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I, I really believe we are living in an interesting time and worse, you are talking about renaissance. We see a lot of things emerging and uh, popping up new initiative all over the place. I can also say that even at European level, uh, with uh, EU level, uh, I would say, uh, things are starting to change. So we are living in very interesting times. Um, I would say that the challenge to combat climate change is very, very uh, huge, very significant challenge. And uh, I really, my Last comment on that is, I really think people should realize that we need everything. We need everything. All the solutions need to be mobilized to combat climate change. Renewables, nuclear, geothermy, any low carbon uh, option should be uh, used. And uh, 
there is no time, no more time for pick and choose. Uh, we need we need everything and we need all the solutions now. When you think about how much of energy uh, utilization we need to be replaced from oil and gas to a low carbon solution, this is absolutely mind boggling. Uh, the numbers are crazy and the challenges will probably not be made, but we still have to uh, to strike for that make sure that we do our best. Well said. The fact is we, we don't have time to pick and choose. So thank you for sharing that with us, your, your comments and your wisdom. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you, have you sharing more about the nuclear industry. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this Energy Transitions podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. Visit enlit.world for more episodes. See you next time.